What's up, guys and gals, fellow whiskey sippers? This is Whiskey Biz Podcast, your favorite whiskey review podcast. <laughs> you, <laughs> you always know, like I, to put that I, in there, I, don't I you? I like to throw, it, throw something oh, different goodness. in, but we do have some special guests with us tonight. From Bespoken Spirits. Welcome, uh, Martin and Stu. Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. So, Martin, Martin uh, I know I'm sure a lot of people in the U.S. struggle with your name, but I believe it's Yanoshik. It's Yanoshik, but close enough. Thank okay. you. Okay. Okay. Appreciate the effort. Ah. And then, uh, Stu, oh, sorry, Martin. I sometimes forget myself because nobody really uses last names in the U.S., very different from Europe. Oh, okay. Interesting. I, I didn't know that fact, actually. <laughs> and then uh, Stu, Aaron, that's a, that's a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier, although sometimes people uh, make the first A silent, sometimes they make the second A silent. I never know. That, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so they are the co-founders of Bespoken Spirits. And uh, Martin, I believe you are a materials engineer? Yeah, materials scientist. Yeah, scientist. I have a PhD in materials science. I Very cool. That's that's awesome. And then Stu, you are a entrepreneur. That's right. That we cool? like to say Martin is the brains and I'm the good looks. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> that works. That works. Thank you. So we wanted to give you guys a little time to talk a little bit about bespoken spirits. If you guys have a little spiel that you guys like to do, or uh, we can start in with questions if you'd prefer that. Well, maybe I'll, I'll just give a, a quick uh, quick preamble just to kind of set the stage for what we do and what we're about, and then we can uh, we can turn it over to you to ask away with what whatever's on your mind. Sounds great. I love, love the, the pop. pop, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. That was a great pop. No, no worries. <laughs> no. All right. So uh, at, a, at a very high level, at, at Bespoken Spirits, what I think sets us apart and makes us unique is that uh, we've invented a process to be able to master the maturation of aged spirits. And we call this process craft maturation. And what it's about is it's about helping to take spirit, craft, and creativity to whole new heights by blending tradition with technology and by applying the same level of art and science rigor that historically has really only gone into the, the fermentation and distillation parts of the, uh, the making a spirit process, now for the first time really aggressively to the maturation process. And the goal of craft maturation is really to provide three core things. Number one, first and foremost, is precision control of the process. To be able to tailor a spirit to an exact desired aroma, color, and taste profile. So rather than putting the spirit in a barrel and waiting hopefully but helplessly and passively for nature to take its course, we take active control of that process by reimagining it but using the same exact traditional ingredients. Um, the second major thing it does is it provides amazing speed and fast learning cycles, which means that we can try out lots of stuff to figure out what's best and why, and then leverage that to make better and better and better stuff as we, uh, as we go. And then last but certainly not least, craft maturation is about sustainability. And our process intentionally uses on the order of 97% less wood, 99% less energy, and at least 20% less water than the old school barrel aging methods and has zero angel share to boot. Okay. So I'll pause there for a second and, uh, and see if you have any, any questions on, on that preamble. I mean, it's, I'm, you did a great <laughs> job. I mean, that's, that's uh, you have me speechless and uh, that usually doesn't happen. So 
good good job Devo. <laughs> well yeah so because um, i think i saw it on your site that uh people can kind of like pick certain or did i read that wrong that they could pick the different aromas like you were saying you can you can make the aromas a certain way and then also a flavor certain uh certain flavors come out as well um so you can kind of tailor it to yes whoever so so the the tech the technology the process is all about this customization this tailoring that's the name bespoken bespoken uh spirits we use the technology for really two lines of business the one line of business is we produce um uh i'm sorry we, we provide technology and services behind the scenes to many distillers, rectifiers, retailers, uh, celebrities that you you know you already know and may have you know tasted their products, we're kind of like an Intel inside in that capacity, using our technology to make their stuff better, faster, cheaper, or take something that may have spent years in a barrel and when it came out, they found out nature wasn't kind to it, and they want us to uh, to help them fix it or tailor it to what they you know had originally envisioned, and so. A big chunk of our business is providing that technology and services to other brands behind the scenes. And then in addition to that, we also have our own bespoken branded spirits, um, of which we're going we're gonna to taste two of our seven SKUs uh, today, uh, which really um, you know, were originally conceived to help us validate the quality of what we can produce and the variety of what we can produce for those services customers but has really been uh, been uh, popular enough and, and in demand enough that it's kind of taken on a life of its own. And our, our bespoken branded spirits have actually in the, the first two years that we've been eligible have now taken home, uh, as of uh, this morning, 85 uh, awards in uh, prestigious competitions, blind tastings um, that we're, uh, we're quite proud of. Holy that's, smokes. That's that, awesome. That was going to be one of our questions too, was uh, the accolades. So congratulations on that. Definitely. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think your your website's understating that. I think it our says 74. Is, and that was uh, as of yesterday. Oh, wow. 11 <laughs> yeah. in a day. That's yeah. impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah that's the, two awesome. spirits, the two spirits that you're going to taste just one today, two platinum medals at the Tag Awards in Las Vegas. Tony Abogani, I don't know if you know him. Uh, very famous uh, mixologist. Uh, he started a new award, and yeah, it was just announced this morning. Very cool, Devo. What are we doing here? We mm-hmm. should have been in Vegas. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> <laughs> it's only a hop, skip, and a jump across the uh, the freeway. <laughs> right. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that. So one one question I had, and this might be something you guys get a lot. So, and part of this is me thinking I'm new to bourbon, right? I just got into bourbon and I look and your bourbon, I think is aged at least two years, 24 months. And then I look and I think price points, you're at about $35 for a three seventy five and about 60 for a seven fifty. Is that about right? That's about right. Yeah. So I, I look at your, just to compare apples to apples, you have a seven fifty, and I see two years and you're at $60 yet. There are other brands at maybe nine years at a $60 price point. How, how do you guys, like, obviously you guys do more behind the scenes and they're very old school with their methods. How do you guys handle that usually? Yeah, that's exactly right. And the first thing to realize is what matters isn't the age of the spirit. What matters is the taste of the spirit. Right. And Absolutely. as evidenced by this competi- these competitions where in blind tastings, our products have outperformed these much older and much more 
well-known brands, that really speaks to the, the quality. The other thing to realize is that our process, while it takes less time, it requires a lot more effort, a lot more okay. work and craft and you know precision and, and control and all those things. So while it's a shorter process, it's a more laborious process. It's, it's, it's got a lot of craft in it. Um, and, you know, again, time doesn't equate to, to money or value or cost or quality. It's just time. A absolutely. Sort of almost you could look at it that kind of our work really starts when other people typically stop working when they put down the spirit. Okay. Right? Because we focus exclusively on the maturation part. Right? This is really where our where our work starts. And and we're also a craft a craft spirits company, right? Also something to keep in mind. Definitely. And I mean no disrespect by that question. It's just a mm -hmm. question that if I was new to bourbon, I would think and I, you know, and a lot of our listeners may be newer to bourbon because a lot of our beginning episodes started at $30 and under. Right. So it's just something interesting to hear. And I wanted you guys to be able to speak to that mm -hmm. because it is something people look at, even though I will say mm -hmm. I've had some terrible 12 year bourbons. So mm -hmm. I, I mean, age doesn't mean everything. <laughs> I actually just had one with a listener the other night and it was very disappointing. So, um, but yeah, so we went ahead and poured the bourbon. So we'll go ahead and give this a try. Do you guys want to speak on this one at all or yeah, just uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and yeah. start? Yeah, maybe I'll give you a little bit of a uh, backstory, back right? So like you mentioned, so this is our actually straight bourbon. We also have a regular bourbon. And as you know, for the straight bourbon too, because if, at least within the US, when you compete at the competitions, it's really that category, right, where the, where the creme de la creme, right, competes. It's a straight bourbon. Right. And to be able to compete in that category, we had to use uh, an already barrel-aged barrel aged, uh, spirit. And so what we did, uh, like you mentioned, right, we actually we, we had it two years in the barrel. That's when we got it at two years old. And then we applied our, our craft maturation uh, process. After two years, it has some bones, right? The, the, the original uh, distillate, of course, defines a lot of your of your characteristics it defines how many congeners you have in there how much fruitiness you're going to have uh, from the esterification process right but but it doesn't yet have right nor even not the color as you probably will right typically after two years right it doesn't have the complexity right a lot of the wood notes are still missing lots of the caramel the vanilla and and so in this case uh, we used uh, American oak uh, to finish to finish the spirit, and and due to the uh, technology that we're using, we're not limited to just using American oak for finishing the spirit. We can use all kinds of different all kinds of different spirits. So we started here. Uh, the, the base spirit is actually uh, a high a high rye uh, bourbon with uh, with twenty five twenty five percent rye. And and uh, comes from comes from MGP from Indiana. Okay. Okay. Yeah, love uh, love was, high rye bourbon. I, I was going to say that's uh, speaking to our that's, hearts right there. <laughs> yes, I, I like high rye rye, and I like high rye bourbon. So it's uh, apparently I like rye, but I prefer bourbon to rye. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I, I already took a sip. I did too. I kind of like <laughs> I I nosed it quickly and then just kind of went just straight jumped for the in. sip. Yeah, yeah I, I I couldn't wait. I I had this on the shelf for about a month without touching it. So <laughs> right. uh, we are going blind into this. So it's uh, very smooth. 
very enjoyable um on the nose there's a little bit of like the ethanol tingle which is nice um and then i was uh getting a little bit maybe it's me the way that i am but uh, a little bit of raisin which i enjoy too mm-hmm. um and you get all the old <laughs> old flavors yeah i know yeah. <laughs> butterscotch but, but, raisin dried fruit that's devo very very inviting and uh, like we said before with with the it's saying two years it, it's one of those where it's like okay not sure how it's gonna smell how it's gonna taste but it's one of those things where two years okay that's fine <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i completely agree now i have to your point i have slowly learned that like we've discussed that age doesn't mean everything uh, let's let's make sure the listeners are aware because i am known to be inappropriate age for bourbon is not everything <laughs> so it and i've had some very good younger bourbons and i'm sure we all have are, yeah. By the mm-hmm. way, are you guys? Did you guys mm-hmm. kind of come into bourbon, or did you drink bourbon before you went down this path of uh, bespoken spirits? I drink, drink bourbon before. Okay, okay. I figured, but you know, we always like to double check. <laughs> yeah, not, not so much me. I mean, I like to say that Martin is a material scientist by training, and he's a food and 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 beverage lover by passion. And I'm, you know, like as we said before, I'm the business guy, but I've got the everyman's palate. So I, I really didn't get into the, the whiskeys and the bourbons in particular until we started the company. Um, and it, it's really kind of nice that Martin and I have such different palettes. Um, I feel cheated because I can't really pick up all the nuance and, and flavors and, and, and things that, that he can pick up, assuming he's not lying to me when he says he picks them <laughs> up. But, uh, but within our portfolio, that's the beauty of our portfolio is we can create a, all different kinds of things that appeal to different kinds of palettes. And so while Martin likes the more complex, nuanced, maybe some of the spicier, heatier things, I like some of the, the lighter, sweeter, um, you know, range within the portfolio. Yeah, um, the sweet that I, I was picking up on, at least on the, the second sip, I got a little bit more mm-hmm. of it. For myself, I got a little bit more of like a, a cherry sweet. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But then again, that's, you know, yeah. I, I, it, it wasn't necessarily... Um, like a vanilla or a caramel for me on the sweet, but I did get like a cherry and then oak kind of came in uh, about mid palate for me. Yeah. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot more oak than I would expect. And right. clearly that's due to process. Um, but it's, and it's, it's a lot darker than anything really under probably six years, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot to your process, but I'm getting more like of a butterscotch finish. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little more butterscotch in there. I, I agree. I'm not getting as much caramel and vanilla as some, but yeah, definitely a nice sweetness. I'm really liking the balance. I'm all about balanced bourbon. I like plenty of spice and I like, I kind of, honestly, I like it spicier on the palate and then to finish sweet because if it's too spicy on the finish, then you kind of have that nasty alcohol flavor in your mouth. And I, I have to say this, this pretty much hits those notes for me. Yeah, it's probably an under 100 proof that I would actually have with a cigar. Fair. That is one way that we rate we rate our bourbons as if you would have it with a cigar. And it's funny, we probably only about 30% make the pass. Yeah, that's true. Cuz there's, you know, a lot if there's not enough flavor the cigar hides it if there's too much flavor. Well, 
I don't think you can have too much flavor with this car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that, but um, this is very enjoyable. Um, what? So Martin, we kind of hit on, well, on the spicy side, we have what? More of a peppery spice. Yeah, not, pepper spice, not as yeah. uh, anisey. Some. I get the pepper, I get some, I get some ginger. Uh, you oh. get that either. I liked, I liked you saying that you get the the dried fruits. I always get dried fruits, almost like candied fruits, also. And I don't know it whether it's because I had too many old fashions, but I always also <laughs> get some get some orange peel with it. Okay, and so kind of, and which might be also coming coming from the dried fruits. And I think I think you mentioned some of the I don't know if you get some some of the leathery notes. Devo that you I know too. that's that's usually my wheelhouse and yet I didn't pick that <laughs> up. <laughs> I have the hardest time picking up leather. You saw me uh, uh yeah, nosing all the time when you guys were talking, right? Because even to me it's every time, right? It's a new experience because depending on the mood we are in, right, or even like uh, whatever you whatever you did during the day, right, your brain is so different. Mm-hmm. And because it's all about connecting memories, right, with, what, right. with what we're picking up through the nose, so I might be picking up. I I heard someone say in the past that bourbon's better with friends because you're happier when you're with friends. Yeah. So it it enhances the you're in a better mood. It's just it's interesting how that happens. Yeah, I no, totally agree. I I love to steal the phrase from from Wet West, right, where they say the. No matter how you like, well, you should always enjoy it with a friend, whether it's neat, whether it's on the rocks, whatever, but as long as it's with a friend. Definitely. Yeah. It's a little safer because... that way, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, because it's about enjoying it, right? And then sharing, sharing, right? And, and then just talking about the experience, because each of us has so different memories. Right, and therefore it also very often helps, right, uh, to talk about it, right, and say, "Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was trying to pinpoint it, right." But then somebody mentions it, and it's, then it's, then it's definitely easier. Absolutely, I'm getting a ton of dried fruit now. So, like you said, <laughs> it's a, uh, it is interesting how that happens. Now, when I nose it, the first nose was very, I, I, that still kills me. Nose it, you get what I'm saying. Um, but your first nose of the glass appears very simple, but as you sip it more, it does come across very complex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure you've seen this with other spirits too, right? The moment you pour it in the glass, right? You need to give it a little because the ethanol, right? Ethanol, ethyl acetate is sort of the first things that evap- uh, evaporate, right? So to kind of give it a, give it a little bit of a time, right? You kind of get to a balance because the moment we pour it out out of the bottle, right, and to your point, that you kind of get get a little bit more, so the nuances and the and give give the other aromas a, ch- a chance to kind of to kind of come through. Definitely, no, I I completely agree. Is the straight bourbon the one that you'd use in an old fashioned Martin? Yeah, that's but, the one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But like. I actually had an old fashioned with our American light, which because I, I went to a bar and that was the only one they had left, and and I was I have to admit I mean he also did something some 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 curious things with with the uh, with the syrup he was using he made some own uh, sherry syrup, hmm. but it was one of the best old fashions and I need to go back and try to figure out uh, what he did and why it why it worked so beautifully with the with the American light, which is uh, Stu's favorite, right? Yep. Yeah, it's got some of the sweeter notes, little uh, marzipan and honey and and things like that. 
Look at marzipan. I love it. I oh, love it. That's it. It's, it's all over marzipan. All almonds, <laughs> marzipan. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we'll have to check out that bottle soon. I do like, so I, I've talked to Devo a lot about this, and you get a lot of flavor from high-proof whiskey, but you get kind of stuck because it's so powerful, it's hard to drink a lot of it. Mm-hmm. But then once you get under that 100-proof, you lose a lot of flavor with a lot of bourbons. And I have to say, this has a lot of flavor for being under 100 proof. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I like because then you can sit there and enjoy two or three glasses and not be hurting the next day. Yeah, I I would say that. It's uh, kind of along the lines of, like you were saying, Martin, it's a journey in so much as, you know, each sip has become a little bit different to make it that much better to enjoy. And um, I could see myself... I could see this bottle being actually a little bit more dangerous for me um, <laughs> just in terms of it, it would go bye-bye pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> it would disappear. <clears throat> yeah. So there, are, there is actually a technical explanation why you might feel that it has much more going on, right? For the for, for a typical 47 uh, proof um, uh, spirit or below, below 100 proof, because uh, we don't really dilute our spirits after the maturation process, right? So we, we run our maturation process very, very close to the final bottling proof. We have to give ourselves like maybe like half, maybe sometimes 1% kind of kind of level, level um, uh, spiel, right? Because we need to, thanks to the TDB, right? We have to be super close on the final proof because if you've, if you've already printed printed your labels. <laughs> but <laughs> so we don't dilute it down, right? From your whatever, from your 120, right? Down to 47 or anything like this, right? So this that, one I mentioned, right? This is, is 94 proof. So, so we run this somewhere around 95, 96 proof. Uh, is this when we how we how we how we mature the spirits? And I think it's important thing we did not mention this right. We are not adding anything to the spirit during the craft maturation process other than the wood and the spirit, right? So there are no additives or anything. Because very often people ask us, how do you get to these to these aromas? How do you get to the color, right? It's all about the way how we treat the wood and then how we how we how we apply the, the process. Definitely. No, it's it's extremely enjoyable. And that's a great point because I believe a lot of distilleries proof it down heavily once it's been made. So like, I don't want to call out too many people, but one that I think of that we have a fair amount of is uh, Elijah Craig, barrel proof. And then you have their, their 94 mm-hmm. proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, great the proof batch, because yeah. it matches the proof, but you, you do get a lot more out of it when you don't proof it down after maturation but yeah. yeah no that's that's very cool and i'm guessing martin you're the uh brains behind keeping that only having to do like one percent difference mm-hmm. so that's that's very cool not to uh take away from you Stu. <laughs> <laughs> it's really the whole team by now <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but the idea came 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 very early right i just couldn't i just couldn't stomach that everything was diluted because yeah, I also love wine and I couldn't okay. imagine, I couldn't imagine drinking wine that somebody dilutes down by with 30% of water. It also, it also goes back to the, the sustainability story where we're always trying to be as efficient as we can with every resource that we use or consume. Um, Absolutely. This, that's you know, another example. That makes sense. So when coming out with like a, a new flavor or a new whiskey, how long does it 
generally take? Our process typically spends uh, three days in, a, in our, our, our machine, which we call the activator, where the ACT stands for aroma, color, and taste. Um, and that's the beauty of it. Like, you know, coming to the, the straight bourbon that you're tasting, we were able to produce, you know, tens or hundreds or thousands of different variations and then hone in on what we liked in our tasting panel and our, our consumers liked and made that, you know, to make that the, the winning uh, recipe, if you will. And then we're able to learn from every recipe that we make and map its chemical foot fingerprint to the results and the feedback we get and everything. And all of that data helps us do future designs in an optimal fashion. I think good point too, because earlier uh, Stu said, right, bespoke, right? All of our spirits, they go through an excessive learning cycles, right? So it's, it's, it's really a spirit that we create with the feedback of our team, of our testers, internal and, and then external, right? When it comes out of the maturation for the process first time, we, there will be, there will be out of, if we make like a sample set of 36 samples, for instance, right? People might like four or five. Right, and then you know, we kind of look at the data and the process, see what is what is unique about those four, four to four, four to five. Or people say, yeah, can you make five with a little bit more of a spice, with a little bit more vanilla, and then we go into another iteration, right? So to to the to the early to the early point, right? It's not by chance. So the spirit that you're tasting, right, was really by design rather than by chance. Gotcha. Yeah, like it just sounds amazing. And uh, makes me think it. that you're, uh, huh? I just keep nosing it. I can't stop. <laughs> right? it. It, it is. It is very candle-like with the the scent. Well, like not cheap, not fake candle. No, like, no, no. But yeah, I, yeah. I was meaning like <laughs> I, I would end up having it as a candle. I, I would yeah, want it definitely. Yeah. This would um, smell great as a candle. It's what I was thinking of as you. Yeah. So so it's interesting you say candle because I do get a little bit like of beeswax. On the nose, uh-huh. and I don't know ah. when you thought of candle, whether you thought of wax, or whether you were kind of more thought of a smoke uh, from the from the candle, or what you were thinking. But I think he's coming more from the side of what he'd like a candle to smell like, Absolutely. not necessarily oh. that it smells oh, like a oh, candle. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Don't you're worry. Fine, you're fine. But when uh, when you were talking about the process and everything, I was thinking about um, just how fun it must be for like the research and development of getting like a new like and i i guess i i was thinking of like little minions and everything like that at first all right now i'm going weird but um <laughs> yeah i i was thinking like it's got to be so much fun finding like new flavors and and making something that's enjoyable it is now because we've learned so much and we know what levers to pull to do what. When we first started, we produced a lot of really crappy stuff in our in our first six months as we uh, as we learned and refined the you know the AI models and, and did all kinds of uh, of R and D. But nowadays, yeah. it's a lot more fun because we, we we have control of the process. And the reward really comes from the possibility that we can actually taste the final product. We don't have to wait five, ten years, and who knows, right? If, if, if all of us will be still around, so it's kind of really nice to be able to 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 see what you've been working on. Like uh, John, who is our who is a maturation engineer, right? He just designed a beautiful um, uh, smoked uh, American American whiskey, just so beautiful, and and then we had it distilled in California. 
great and it's just amazing to see that within within a couple of weeks that you can do uh, things like that and then you can enjoy them absolutely in fact i remember last year we decided about a uh, two weeks before the san francisco competition that we wanted to enter a rum for the first time we had never done any work with rum before uh-huh. and in the two weeks we were able to source a white rum from a, a, a distiller down in, in southern california um, and, you know, run a whole bunch of experiments, produce a, you know, a bunch of samples, pick the one we loved the best, sent it off to the competition and it took home a gold. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't speak on the rum side, but that's pretty cool that you're able to do that. <laughs> I'm not much of a rum drinker. And I think Devo that gives you, uh, <clears throat> I, makes I, you forget the night. I, I was going to say <laughs> my nights are very blurry from, from, <laughs> <laughs> So to that to that aging point, I'm so I'm an econ major and I you know, once we started getting into bourbon, I was thinking like, wow, I would not love to have the job of someone that's trying to figure out how much to make of a nine year bourbon. Cause you have no idea. I have a hard enough time forecasting for my company a year or two out. You know, uh, so it's just that that makes it a lot easier for you guys to manipulate or not manipulate, but determine how much to make and how to adjust for the market. And that's, that's very cool. Yeah. And and in fact, a lot of our customers on the services side are what I call wish I made more customers, right? (laughs) Where that, you know, they made a five year or or whatnot and they they sold it out quicker than they they wanted to. And they're like, ugh, I wish I made more and we can help them. We can, you know, we can help them get that same product, at least from a sensory profile back in the market quicker. Uh, we could be a shock absorber for them, if if you will, for demand. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's really cool. I know, uh, I mean, really, the bourbon started becoming extremely popular, I think, in like 2015, 2016 is when it really hit its... Started its, its boom, yeah. Well, it, it kind of has slowly grown, right? Like you had the like pre-prohibition times, really popular bourbon. Then you went into the age of clear alcohols. And bourbon was kind of there, but not much. And you lost a lot of good distilleries back then. And now it's like, since then, it's just slowly grown. And now it's like, a, a, I don't want to say like a, not hippie, but it's kind of like it's turned into that it's trendy thing. It's a niche. Yeah. Which stinks when you're trying to find certain bottles that are hard to find, but that's yeah, fine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's how it goes. I was going to yeah. say, so speaking on uh, bottles that are hard to find, what are your guys' favorite like whiskeys outside of Bespoken? Oh, if you're, you're, if you're willing to say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could say I used to like. <laughs> no, I, I get it. I'm just kidding. What, what are no, your... No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, there's some house favorites, right? But some of them, unfortunately, right, whether that's Blendon always used to be a McKinnon, right? But it's, it's you, you, you mentioned this earlier, right? It's really, really... Kind of driving, driving out of my out of my range of, of, of things things I can afford, and <laughs> and, and on the Scotch side, same same thing on the Scotch side. And there was also uh, we didn't really talk a lot about this, but it was kind of one of the motivators, right, to kind of trying to understand why the heck, right, other than of course marketing and business, right, why does a twelve year old, right, is the fifteen year old, why does it have to cost twice as much, right? So then a then a twelve year old, so that kind of annoyed me. So I kind of said, okay, right, we need to we need to find a way of doing this, doing doing this differently. Definitely, you know that's that's awesome that you guys did that, and I think it'll be great for bourbon. And it sounds like you guys are going to be the 
potentially a, a big change to the bourbon industry. Obviously, you're still going to have your very traditional brands out of Kentucky, but it's really cool to see you guys kind of bringing in technology because, I mean, there's no been no more advanced technological time than today. So right. <clears throat> that's very cool. I'm guessing you poured the the rye, Devo. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I and even... uh, the aroma, amazing right now. <laughs> So a little backstory. I'm the bourbon guy. Devo's more the rye guy, but we both enjoy the opposite. So right. when Devo picks the bottles for episodes, there's like a 70% chance we're drinking a rye. When I pick, it's pretty much a 90% chance it's bourbon. So. True, true. Very true. Well, perfect. So we got both today. Yes. Yeah, no, you guys hit it perfectly. It smells good. It does smell good. It smells amazing. Um, I'm getting a little bit... So Rob and I have talked about uh, some rice having like a woodsy or um, earthy tone to a, a nose. And I'm getting a lot of that. I'm getting a, a decent amount of, um, I, I'm going back to raisin for, for some reason. Yes. I, I must want a, like a raisin cookie right now or something. But... There is, there is. I'll, I'll, I'll back you on that one, Devo. I'm also yeah, getting that slight spearmint, spearmint type yeah scent out of it which i mean we pretty much quoted every flavor they or every scent that you could get off of a rye but it's true (laughs) yeah it smells so good and again the the amount of not how potent the flavor the smell is but there's a lot of scent in there for a i think this one is 100 okay 100 proof by the way devo and i have determined that we feel like the sweet spot for rise is 100 to 110 proof yes and then mm-hmm. there's some outside of those points that do hit the palate but for the majority i think that's like 90 percent of them are in that yeah the other thing about the uh, the rye versus the straight bourbon is uh that one's only spent uh three months in a barrel before we started our work on it. So, oh my gosh, I'm so much glad younger... that I didn't read that. <laughs> that's, that's right. I forget. Thanks for pointing that out. Usually we bring up the bottle. Um, also, I have to say, I really like the fact that you guys put out a decent number of 375s because I have probably, I don't know, 180 bottles of whiskey and 90% of them have more than half left. Because, you know, I like to try different whiskeys. I don't like drinking the same thing over and over. So I get all these different bottles and then they just sit there for six months, eight months, you know, and basically the only time they get drank down is when a friend comes by and wants to try it. That's me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, our rationale from the the get-go was if you're going to spend $60, you may as well get two bottles and try two different things. And again, we've got seven SKUs within within our bespoken portfolio right now. And it's great to be able to, you know, to, to take home two and compare the, you know, the rye and the, and the straight or the American light and the, the uh, you know, our, our special batch, which is the Japanese style whiskey. Definitely. Style. So is that, uh, well, I, th- I think we've only had the, was it the. <laughs> we've only done one Japanese style whiskey. I've had a Ooh. few in the past. I, I can't um, think of Centauri, right? Okay. That was. Uh, no, is the Toki. Oh, Toki. Okay. Toki, the yeah, mm-hmm. Centauri Square Toki. Model. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which it was pretty much because it was under the thirty dollars price point. Which mm-hmm. I don't think, if you're being fair to Japanese whiskey, you can really focus on price point because it's going to be more. It comes from Japan, has to travel across mm-hmm. the ocean to get here, so it's not going to be dollar for dollar, 
right? But I feel that to me, Japanese whiskey drinks more like scotch and I'm not a huge mm-hmm. scotch fan. So okay. that's, that's, that's part of it. Um, yeah, the amazing thing about our, our, our special batch, our Japanese style whiskey, and actually I'll, I'll hold one up and I'll compare contrast you. So this, is, hopefully you guys can see this. This is yeah, our, our, our special batch, which is the Japanese style whiskey. It's kind of got the cherry, uh, cherry blossom pink label. Yeah, I love the color, and I'll I'll hold it up against the uh, the the bourbon which you have, right? You can see these two fr- could not be more different from a color, aroma, or taste perspective, right? Dark uh-huh. vanilla, caramel on the bourbon side, light floral, fruity, um, aromatic on the on the Japanese style whiskey side. But those two bottles actually started out as exactly the same white spirit. They're the exact same mash bill. So that bourbon, that straight bourbon you've got. And this Japanese style whiskey had the same mash bill. And the fact that we can turn that mash bill into a straight bourbon or a Japanese whiskey really speaks to the power of our, of our process. And that the only difference between those two products is really three days in our machine and the wood mixture and toast and char that we, we applied to it in our handcrafted fashion. And then the, the, the environmental settings of the machine to control temperature, pressure, atmosphere, churn rate you know things like that that's insane to me very cool that's that's awesome <laughs> that's it's it's really cool but i will say if you told me this was a three-month bourbon uh rye i always say bourbon even when we're drinking rye. every time devo has an episode where he, i say bourbon um i would i would think you were crazy and i'd probably call the police to tell him to take you to a psych ward um just because there's no way this drinks like anything aged under a year well, I mean, under four years, to be honest, but it's, again, very complex. Devo, I, I see your raisin, and I raise it another raisin. <laughs> um, there's definitely a nice amount of raisin in here, but both of these whiskeys, to me, a lot of like high-quality whiskey, you don't have a bad aftertaste, because mm-hmm. when you have that cheap bourbon, cheap whiskey, any type of spirit, you have an aftertaste that just doesn't leave you feeling good. And th- you just know the next both, morning you're going to wake up not feeling good. Yeah. And you're <laughs> going to have that cotton mouth, gross taste in your mouth. And neither of these, both of these have a great finish and it's very pleasant. And you could, to me, I, I always say like, I could have this right before I was going to bed. Like if I wanted a mm-hmm. glass of whiskey 30 minutes before bed, these would be absolutely perfect. Um, whereas some others you go to bed and you have a bad taste in your mouth and you feel like you want to brush your teeth just to get it out. And it's like, that's not the purpose of drinking whiskey or (laughs) drinking in general to feel terrible before you go to bed. So (laughs) I don't know. I go on. I usually usually just fall asleep, but that's all right. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) I, uh, I guess I think more about it when I go to bed, but this is very enjoyable. Now, are you guys able to share the, uh, rye? in the mash bill on this one or yeah 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 no this is actually a 95 95 rye five malt right again again uh, absolutely coming and coming, coming out from from coming coming from indiana and the sous too said right we get it we get it by the time the barrel arrived so we we buy new felts right and by the time they arrive to our place to be able again to call it a rye whiskey in the u.s as you know we have to it has to come out of a out of a new oak barrel Definitely. Yeah, this is and, this is great. And I love yeah. the high rye again. Even though it's a rye whiskey, you consider it a high rye, but still. 
very enjoyable. I love your 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 point of kind of sipping this before you go to bed because I'm at least at least for me this whiskey five ten minutes and even if we'll talk another ten minutes and and I'm still getting flavors I'm still getting this warmth right for me and the spiciness is still like it's it has just such a long aftertaste for me and it might does. be also why this is my favorite favorite from our skew so Stu and I we have both of our favorites. That was going to be my next question. Was uh, of your of the lineup? What would be not necessarily the rank, but no. your your what, what uh, fit your palates the best? Yeah, uh, I go with the two extremes. Stu's mentioned the special batch, right, which uh, we call a Japanese inspired, and that's primarily because when we developed the recipe, it so reminded me of one of my favorite Japanese whiskeys that I had that I had enjoyed uh, earlier. And because, and then, and then it's the rye whiskey, and then really because they are so so different, right? One of them is just as too sad, right? So floral, so literally smooth, right? Even though I hate to use that word uh, for whiskey, because I always say if you want doing something smooth, drink water. But but I think I but 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 I but I but I think you agree that there's a difference, right? In something of being really harsh, right? And to to a point, right? How will I feel tomorrow morning? Versus uh, be, being nice on the palate, right, and and and, and enjoyable, and then and then there's the rye, which I, I I could nose this thing all day, right, because I keep thinking, what is what what else is there? Absolutely. See, uh, I said uh, that the bourbon would be a candle. This one, I would make a cologne. <laughs> 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 you might want to be careful putting on that cologne if you're driving. That's true. That's true. <laughs> 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 Sir, have you been drinking? No, I've been spraying myself with cologne. <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> yeah, I didn't think of that one through. We might but... be able to help you with this because <laughs> I was talking to, to some of people from our sales team and they were saying because we still have, due to COVID, right, some restrictions on, on tasting, right, and it's all dry tastings. And so there was the idea of actually using it just like a cologne. Right, sprayed, sprayed on a strip of paper, right, so that people can actually enjoy the aromas, even though you can't really do wet tastings. But so once I get the, what do you call this? Is a diffuser, a bottle with a diffuser? How's it called? Uh, I, I think that's. I think, oh, I think you got it. Yeah, I yeah? think that's it. Okay. And okay. for some reason, I was thinking of. Uh, <laughs> you remember the Listerine? Um, oh, the refresh the the refreshers. Yeah, do it that way <laughs> so do you guys have a tasting room in the bay area no no we don't we don't have a tasting room actually in the bay area it's also part of our, um, our license that we have we have a okay. rectifiers license rather than a distillery license and that does unfortunately not allow us to but if anybody is out there listening and we would love to 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 to, to join somebody, work with somebody that would be willing to, to, to actually have a tasting room with us for us would be would be great. And we've we've now got a couple hundred uh, on and off premise retailers in California uh, for where folks can uh, you know find the products. And if you go to uh, bespokenspirits.com, there is a uh, find near me uh, part of the website which will mm-hmm. help direct you to a place where you can uh, find and taste. Very cool. Yeah, yeah I know. You can even look for specific spirits. If you really want to have the straight, you can actually search for the straight only. 
and or and or you can also order through the same platform. Very cool. Yeah, I've I've only seen it at Total Wine so far, mm-hmm. but I'll be honest. In my area, we do not have the best selection of like good liquor stores. And what I consider good liquor stores are liquor stores that don't charge way above retail for for bottles of whiskey, which is just a huge frustration. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess yeah. I get it from a business standpoint. But still, it's tough. You know, you you make it a a a luxury good and that's not what bourbon was designed to be. So, but yes, I have seen it at total wine. I'm not total sure. Yeah. I believe it was just the straight bourbon and the rye in our area, but mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely keep a look out at different locations. Yeah. They should also have the American light. And so these are all seven fifties. And then they also have, uh, the, the, our regular bourbon and our um, original batch in three seventy fives. Definitely. Well, and because, okay, so if I remember correctly, it's only been the th- the three that we've talked about, which is the regular, or the the bourbon and the rye that we tasted, mm-hmm. and then also the Japanese. So you have four others. What, Wait, what's... so they have the bourbon, they have the straight bourbon, oh. they have the rye, the Japanese, and then three others. Three That's others. That's right. So they're, the three others are the American Light Whiskey, which we talked about earlier. We've got our original batch, which is another bourbon that we just can't call a bourbon because it's spent, uh, you know, effectively zero time in got a, it, in a batch. Yeah. So that's called a whiskey distilled from bourbon mash. Uh, but it's the same mash bill as both the bourbon and the straight bourbon. Um, and then we've got the dark rum that I mentioned uh, earlier as well. Okay. Very cool. What What's your go-to, Stu? My is go-to is... I'm sorry? Sorry, go ahead. I'm not going to take your... Uh... You're, you're shying away from this one. No, no worries. My go-to is the American light whiskey. <laughs> okay. I, I really like that one. You know, it's, it's light whiskey, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, isn't because it's low calorie. <laughs> it's because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's actually distilled at a higher proof, which makes it lighter color, but it also makes it incredibly smooth for its, its uh, high proof. And I just love how smooth it is. And again, I like that sweet note. As I mentioned earlier, the marzipan uh, really stands out to me. And it just, the, the American light just pairs in cocktails amazingly. I mean, my favorite is kind of a, uh, a, a godfather sour, you know, a, a, the American light, little splash of amaretto in a sour is, uh, is just a great way to, to cap off uh, a nice, uh, nice day at work. Very cool. And it's, and it's a type of spirit you don't really see a lot, right? High West used to have one. I've, I've been, I've been looking, right? I wasn't able to find any more, right? And it's, uh, as, as you know, it's a category that was kind of popular. I think it was the seventies, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then it kind of disappeared. So it's really, really nice to see what different complexity and aromas you get from that spirit, right? That's a, yeah. Stu mentioned, I get a lot of marzipan, I get a lot of like burnt oranges, cooked apples on the nose, and definitely the sweetness, because it's a very high, it's a 99 corn uh, uh, mesh bill that, that we, that, that we used for that, for that, uh, for that American larai. So you get the sweetness, even though, of course, there's no sugar in there, mm-hmm. but just from the, from, from the aromas, from the honey and the, the it's just, uh, sorry, where is it? i love it talking about that yeah i can only think of a couple different light whiskeys actually i can only think of one i think penelope is one that's come out with a yeah penelope i think they have a light bourbon but i'm not sure if it's light whiskey 
I think you're right. I believe I saw when the, just recently I thought I, I, I believe they added it to the skew. I'm not sure whether it's a parentheses hundred percent or whether it's a blend. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure you. either. Yeah, I am not. I'm still like the again the amount of flavor that you can get in a hundred proof is quite incredible. It's more of what I'd expect from a 110, 120 proof without the extra burn from the 110, 120 proof. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I was going to say, I think I found my next uh, 100 proof that I, I Go really to. enjoy. Yeah, yeah. because um, I'm more of like a Knob Creek type of person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really like the spice. I really like um, a, a, a nice little punch <laughs> that it gives you. This one is so tasty. I had to pour myself a little bit more. <laughs> of the rye. Of the rye. Yeah. Of the rye, yes. Uh, and me being a rye person, obviously, like, oh, man. I'm... <laughs> it's it's extremely <laughs> enjoyable for a rye. Now, I'll be honest, if I were to pick one of the two, I'd go bourbon, but I'm a bourbon guy. So that's kind of to be expected. Your rye would have to be pretty, like, significantly better for me to pick the rye over the bourbon. But mm-hmm. when I look for a rye, I want something that gives you that rye flavor, and this has that. So this, you know, I talked to Devo about it, that, like, why I like high rye is when I go to have a rye, I want it to taste like a rye, because you have a lot of ryes that are in the 55% rye content, and it just, it almost drinks like a bourbon, and I didn't want a bourbon. I wanted a rye, and that's that's what's very nice about this one as well. I think this one also is another one that you can have with friends and just want to pass a bottle around. Like, uh, I don't know that, but, but then again, I am also the right person. So, uh, we're around a bonfire. I'm going to definitely, uh, pass around and thank you and make sure other people share, enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> definitely will. Now I, one thing that, I think scares a lot of people away from bourbon is the heat that you get from bourbon or rye, right? Like they're very, they punch you kind of slap you in the face. Like Devo said, I don't know if you said slap I, you I in the face, but slap, no. you said it in the past. So I'm going to go I off have. of the past. Yeah. Um, but these have the flavor without the full slap. Like it doesn't, it, you get enough warmth. Like with the bourbon, I got the nice Kentucky mm-hmm. hug the warmth going down. It made you feel a little warmer, made me sweat a little bit because our room's getting warmer in here. And, uh, but it doesn't kill you. So it could be, in my opinion, it would be a good first bourbon to give someone. So, and it's kind of the same for the rye. I was going to say, I feel like the rye, you could give this to someone who's trying to get into the rye. The rye like whiskeys in general. Definitely. I, I can't help but keep going to nosing. <laughs> and should you should you ever get a chance, definitely try it also with the rye with an actually with an old fashioned. Okay. Old fashioned, it's definitely okay. worth definitely worth trying it. Because okay, that was gonna be my next question was mm-hmm. old fashioned or Manhattan. And obviously I think Martin's an old-fashioned kind of guy, not so much a Manhattan guy. But I'm sure I he's Manhattan's enjoyed a too, few. But... I, I think it's a, it's an and and not an or. Oh, good point. Oh, there yeah. you go. There you go. I like it. 
there's this there's the entrepreneur in you <laughs> i like it i like it no i i agree well, I step I, into <laughs> it's i think this would be great just off the flavor alone in an old-fashioned or a manhattan or i should say and a manhattan but at different times <laughs> not the same time we don't want to mix those two uh, you could double fist no well you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I'd want the contrasting flavors. You can't go gotcha. one to the other. You gotta. You have to have like a glass of tap water between every sip, right? But uh, <laughs> so, what's next, though? So you guys have you've gotten the 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 seven on your line. Is there anything that's coming up that you are uh, planning for, or any new awards that you guys want to? You know, there, get there. There's there's uh, lots on the horizon. Nothing that we're gonna we're gonna share concretely, unfortunately, for uh, on this call. But again, one of the beauties of our of our services business is it's kind of a, a chance for us to experiment with a lot of stuff for our customers that gets to say, hey, wouldn't it be great for us to do one of these ourselves? Um, and so, you know, we've done work outside of just the whiskey realm for a lot of our customers. We've done work with gins and brandies and rum, as I mentioned. We've done agave based spirits. Um, so just look for, uh, for more, uh, more to be added to the portfolio. And again, the whole idea here is to be able to expose more and more people to different kinds of spirits, knowing that, you know, everybody's got different tastes, but within our portfolio, there should be something that everybody loves. I can't say what it's going to be for any one person, but somewhere in there, there's going to be something. Definitely. And is it going to be the, the same, uh, marketing uh, in terms of the stickers, because I, I do have to say the stickers like definitely grab my eye. Thank so um, is it going to be uh, along the same lines? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, we do a lot of work behind the scenes that, you know, you don't even know we're involved in the process. But when we take something that we want to offer under the bespoken brand, it will be, you know, under the brand with uh, you know, the kind of packaging you, you, you see there with different, uh, you know, colors to to indicate the uh you know the different which, spirits gotcha exactly. that makes sense yeah, exactly. <laughs> that makes sense no and, and maybe to give you a little bit of a sneak peek in the future what we're working on is uh, is is due to the uniqueness of our uh, for, uh the craft maturation process that we have right what we see we see a huge potential also working uh with different distilleries craft distilleries because we can very quickly judge the quality of a, of, a, of a new distillate, right? The challenge with designing a new spirit is that you have to wait for it to be barrel-aged, right? And you have to wait your four, five, whatever years, right? It might be even more, mm-hmm. right? So it's really, really hard to do any research work, right, on trying new mesh builds, trying new... But the big guys might be able to do this, right, because they put down in their warehouses... Right, 10, 20 barrels or whatever, and make some special barreling after a couple of years. Right, but for, especially for the craft people, it's really tough because they have to pick. Right, they have to pick based on how it tastes as a as a fresh distillate, and and so we're starting to work more and more, kind of go go backstream, right, and designing now specific specific distillates uh, that are either unique for our customers or also unique for us. Uh, like I mentioned, that we're working on this. On this beautifully uh, mesquite uh, smoked um, uh, whiskey, which is just 
beautiful and fantastic. And again, we only could do this because we had the possibility of going through these many, many learning cycles before we had something that we liked. That's awesome. Sorry, Rob. The fact that you like to smoke your meat in terms of uh, barbecuing, the the mesquite, I'm like, oh, uh, bye bye beer. So so I'll be I'll be I'll I'll be honest. I'm hesitant on mesquite smoked whiskey because I had one that was absolutely terrible. Not saying you guys would do that, but it was so bad. I I brought it up in the past, but it's a war bringer. I don't know if you've heard of this. It is just, it's literally, if you had a glass of whiskey, you left it in your smoker for probably five hours with your brisket or something, Mm -hmm. and then you drank it, all you taste is just like, (laughs) it just tastes like straight liquid smoke. And it was horrible. And I'm sure you guys aren't doing that, but it's just a flavor within it. Mm -hmm. But that just, when you say that, I'm like, I've had one. And it didn't, it didn't excite See, me, but I would try yours because I, I, I was going to say, like, I was envisioning the fact that like, normally when I barbecue, I have a, a beer, but at the same time, mm-hmm. if there's a, a mesquite smoked whiskey, I'm going to be like, oh, why not? Fair, fair. No, I, I would definitely try yours uh, over any others just because of what you've been able to do with these two whiskeys at the aging profile of what they came from that it's it's incredible it really is um quick question for you guys i know a lot of distilleries do store picks do you guys do that kind of work with like liquor stores or stores do you do that Mm -hmm. yeah we do we do what we call private select which is the equivalent of single barrel or small batch kind of programs okay we'll work with a uh um, you know, a customer that wants to create something more bespoken to their their shop, their consumer, um, and uh, it just it plays right to our strengths to be able to do something like that for them. That's cool. So you're basically saying, if I'm getting this right, you make it more for how the liquor store or store in general wants it, as opposed to it's just your normal straight bourbon given to them in a smaller batch. That's right. I mean, a lot, a, a lot. The, the standard model is, you know, I've got a product, and if you want, you can uh, you can private label it, but it's still the same product that 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 I've got. Or if you want, you can do a special pick from you know all of my barrels and pick the barrel that that you want. Whereas we go in, and it's a lot more of a bespoke and custom experience. Tell us the sensory profile you're looking for for your customer, or point us at a spirit that represents that, and we can craft something that delivers those notes. And, you know, you can, you can take it to market. That's awesome. That's really cool. Cause I know, like you said, when you pick a barrel within a grouping of barrels, all same mash bill, all same, you know, your differences are basically same part of the rickhouse and whatnot, how good the barrel was or where it was in the rickhouse. You're basically Mm -hmm. making it in essence, not necessarily exactly how they want it, but as close to how they want it as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yes. And once we nail that, the beauty of our process is that it's, it's fully repeatable. Uh, That's cool. If they want more of it, um, we can make exactly the same thing or we can Mm -hmm. vary it for the next batch if they want, you know, this one to be sweeter and the next one to be more citrusy or, or whatnot. And that's, that's kind of the value of this, this precision control that craft maturation gives us. That's awesome. And then you don't have to worry about, oh, it was a colder winter. It was a hotter summer. <laughs> like 
And that's the crazy thing about standard traditional bourbon processes mm-hmm. is you had an extra cold winter, you had an extra hot summer, and it changes the flavor completely. That's cool. that's really cool. That's that's awesome. I'm, it's been great having you guys on. I don't know if you guys have any closing statements, but uh, I, I can say I've thoroughly enjoyed every sip of both of these. Definitely. And the rye, I, I still can't believe that uh, I got as much flavor every sip as I did the first. Like, it was, did, you know, you kind of expect it to fall off just a little did, bit. Did it turn you to a rise, though? No. Damn it. Yeah, nice try. <laughs> Damn it. I still like the bourbon That's more, but it was, it was a hell of a rye. <laughs> it was great. Well, yeah. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you uh, you yeah. having us on the show, and we, 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 we appreciate the... The feedback on the uh, the spirits, yeah. and uh, we look forward to uh, to maybe tasting some other products with you another time, and for your uh, absolutely your audience to uh, to get their hands on some bespoken spirits and to you know, let us know what they think. Definitely, absolutely, yeah. No, we will definitely be uh, pushing your product, and we will be trying new whiskeys as they come through from uh, your company. Thanks so much. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you, you both coming on. And Devo, any final statements? As always, keep it neat, friends. Woo!